Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 190, July 15, 2019, 102 degrees on this day in 1988, when kids would have been swimming in an aquaside prepared beach free of weeds, and 49 degrees on this day in 1912. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I have two homework assignments for GLers, which I'll be getting to during the course of podcast number 190. Two homework assignments. For the staff or just for the listeners? <laughs> for the staff and the listeners. Uh, Craig Johnson writes, When you exited La, the La Posada after eating lunch, you were looking directly at El Gran Garage, inside of which sits the house that John Gross built by his own hands. It was quite literally across the street from the front door of the La Posada. <laughs> He's, I'm referring to uh, having been in Winslow, Arizona two years ago, uh, having completely no recollection of having interviewed a guy from Winslow named John Gross years ago. Yes. Uh, in keeping with the theme of garage logic, we were intrigued by a guy who built a garage inside his house. And then I got an email from, an email from a, a, a couple who visited him as a result of that interview back in the day. And, uh, and apparently we learned that John was so lonesome, he basically would not leave them alone for the next 24 but the, hours. But, but had I remembered about John Gross... The house was right there as I left Across the street. <laughs> ah, good one, Joe. It was a mischance, Joe. Wait, what really year was. did we lose, John? Did we discover? Uh, I think 06? 2006. So yeah. I suppose that interview was in the early 2000s. I sure. Uh, that might have even been the late 90s. Uh, I have a uh, request from Mike. Hi, guys. Even though I'm a longtime listener, there are a couple of things I missed somewhere along the line. I have a couple of questions. I've heard the Practice Freeway mentioned once in a while. What is it, and how did it get that name? I named it the Practice Freeway. It's the uh, stretch of 35E that runs from St. Paul uh, to the river. It's it's 45 mile an hour speed limit, but it's just like a real freeway. But if you're learning, if you're uh, you know have some trepidation about right. real freeways, right. you can practice on the Practice Freeway. <laughs> exactly. So that's where the Practice Freeway came from. What do you say? Cheap entertain, cheapest entertainment is. To go the speed limit. In the right lane, yeah. watching people upset when they're Subarus that you're going so slow. Also, what is the scan bucket, and when is the money thrown in it? <laughs> oh, well, the scan bucket is uh, funds we raise uh, for basically all of us now uh, as a result of uh, of the staff not really being Cracker Jack at times, and we want to have them scanned. And we're going to, you know, Tannen scan, mm-hmm. scans are us, mm-hmm. things like that. Scan I think, city. I think that's a positive thing. He said at times. Oh, in, you know, yes. uh, inferring that, of course, <laughs> most of the time we are on and, and engaged. He also has a request <laughs> when the with the British Open, uh, British Open coming up. That's uh, this week. Could you please play the entire Roycey call from years ago? The Open, yeah, the Scottish the, call. There, oh, the British we're, Open. We're, we're, okay. yes. yeah, we'll, we'll play the whole call. Uh, we'll play it Thursday. Got it. You All know, right. in going through the archives last week and loading some of the best of segments, there's there's things I have missed and things obviously that happened way before my time on GL. And uh, 
the, uh, the the garage logic duck calling in when the, uh, the the duck had the amputated foot. Yep, that oh, yeah. was uh, that was a pretty good one. Because half the time, all you hear is what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, B.T. Schaub, B.T. Schaub writes, I have returned from Russia bringing a historical gift from the Urals for the Flashlight King. And yet, not a modern-day flashlight, one that can commonly be bought on Amazon, but one of significant historical value. After searching for many weeks near Siberia, I came upon a little old babushka operating a kiosk in an open-air market. There, in the center of her belongings for sale, was a silver object displayed with great pride. She explained that it was her most prized and cherished possession, a Soviet-era flashlight belonging to Nikita Khrushchev. She related how the two of them used to date. She would then uh, she would make him borscht or potato soup and discuss the rise in Russian technology and cuisine. She said he used to practice his speeches in her DACA and pound the flashlight on the table to emphasize his points. <laughs> DACA is the Russian word for... House. House, okay. One day, the lens cracked. She revolted uh, at the dents and marks the flashlight was putting in her tabletop and suggested he use his shoe to make his stronger <laughs> points instead. He agreed and gave her the iconic flashlight. You have to uh, oh, fog horn that's that. going to get the horn. As a token of his respect for her ideas and the quality of her borscht. She is now very old and wanted this historical item to go to someone deserving. Have her heard, having heard her story of love and affection for the flashlight, I did not even argue with the price of 3,163 kopecks. Please advise me where I should send this historic gift to the mayor. You will note the acrylic script on the base, which would be ample proof it was not a Bulgarian knockoff of the Khrushchev flashlight. Uh, and BT did send that to It came in the mail today. Nice. I saw it out there. I got, I got, a, yeah. got it on display. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, he, he's a clever writer. He commented on the quality of her borscht, which is the borscht. Russian word for... Borscht is a, you know what borscht it's, is, It's don't a you? sour it's soup. A soup. I just looked yeah. it up. Oh, okay. I, apparently you didn't have German-Russian grandmas, huh? I did not my, my grandma made borscht all the time. Oh, made with, very good. Made with beet roots as one of the of main course. ingredients. Beet roots, and I always poured in a bunch of vinegar because they said oh. pour vinegar. No, it's good. I really? love vinegar. You want to hear yeah. something cool? Sure. The 50th anniversary of the moon landing is coming up, July yes. 20, and there are going to be events all around Washington, D.C., but one of the best events will be at the Washington Monument, where a full-scale 363-foot Saturn V rocket will be digitally projected on the landmark as a 17-minute show about the Apollo 11 mission plays on screens nearby. Cool. Wait, what is this? This is really something. July 20. The event, which is free to the public, was commissioned by the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum and is being produced by 59 Productions in partnership with the U.S. Department of the Interior. Our identity as Americans is defined in part by the historic act of landing humans on the moon and returning them safely to the Earth. Ellen Stofan, a director at the Air and Space Museum, said in a press release, the Washington Monument is a symbol of our collective national achievements and what we can and will achieve in the future. The projection on the east face of the monument will be available on July 16, 17, and 18 from 9.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m., uh, as a preview before the full show in the following days. The main attraction, called Apollo 50, Go for the Moon, will take place on July 19 and 20, and shows will run at 9.30 and 10.30 and 11.30 p.m. It took 400,000 people from across 50 states to make Apollo a reality. Stofan said this program celebrates them, and we hope it inspires generations too young to have experienced Apollo firsthand to define their own moonshot. Isn't that neat? That is, that cool. is really cool. Very now, that's... Cool. I, I, that can't even be met with. I mean, what? How will the Twitter world react to I, that? How, how will social media react to? There's nothing. There's nothing 
not neat about that. And I was no. literally just thinking, how are people going to make this? How are they going to find the evil or, or, or find the uh, the wrong with this? Well, right. the, you you. But we are we're seeing it. That's what. Yeah, we're seeing the. Uh, the uh, we're seeing America being held in contempt, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's St. Louis, uh, St. Louis Park City Council uh, rejecting the Pledge of Allegiance, or it's uh, it's uh, coffee shops having to call the uh, ask police officers to leave because they're making people uncomfortable. Any show of America's authority or any show of America's traditions is is under attack. Mm-hmm. I, I now that I think about it. I'm making myself despondent. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, that that rocket display. I bet there'll be some smart ass tweets about of it. Of course there will be. Of course there will be. I, I won't even be that's shocked. A, that's <clears throat> a that's a uh, that's a that's a depiction of American superiority racing the commies to the moon. Yeah. We won. So uh, expand a little bit. Do you mean the the there'll be criticism? I hope we don't waste all this money on there space travel down the road. Yeah, there'll We've be been stuff the like that. There'll be stuff oh, like that. Yeah, that's what people will complain about. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Well, I tell you what. Uh, I hope that isn't the case. But uh, after now about a month in this Twitter world, I'm not a I'm not a voracious Twitter, a tweeter. Uh, but I I can see that. Uh, it's just a, it's just an incredible mishmash of opinions. There's a lot of stuff, observations, stuff. and what have you. Yeah. Good summary. A lot of it's a lot of it's nifty. A lot of it's nifty. So, are you going to be holding a fundraiser? Yes. You are part of a fundraiser, are uh, you? Yes, several actually. I want you to get a hold of Big Time Sports Auctions. I think we they can have. help you with the silent auction. Steve at Big Time Sports Auction can set up an amazing display of one of kind <laughs> items that'll bring in money for your group, no out of cost po- uh, pocket to you. They, no. they, they take a taste, but your group gets the proceeds. Got right. it. You don't have to lift a finger. That's my kind of, I chair the committee, and I don't have to do anything. They do it all. Uh, you know, Matt Burke, you know Matt Burke, of yep. course. He uses big-time sports auctions at all of his events. Uh, big-time sports auctions will add to what you already have and bring the wow factor your, to your event. Because, you know, no one's going to get really excited about bidding on a napkin wrapped around a bottle no. of wine. no. No. no, they've got portraits and, and uh, beautiful sports memorabilia for any kind of group you want. And they're all framed. They're all authenticated. It's just fantastic stuff. Call Steve at Big Time Auctions at 612-718-3629. He'll take care of you. He'll customize a set of items for your event, bring them out, set it up, collect the money. All you do is take credit for a great event. Go Thank to btsauctions.com or that number once more, 612 718 Three six two nine. All right, I've got uh, two homework assignments for uh, all of us and uh, all of the GLers, yep. and I'm going to tell you about the first one when uh, we return from this short thing. <laughs> Hello, it's my birthday. First homework assignment. What? I'm going to preface it by reading a letter that appeared in today's Star Tribune, a letter to the editor. As a young person who will be able to vote in my first presidential primary in 2020, I want to know how each candidate plans to combat the biggest issue facing my generation, climate change. Ah. 
However, I have been disappointed by the Democratic Party's failure to treat climate change like the crisis that it is. In response to the proposal of a climate change debate for the Democratic presidential candidates, Tom Perez and uh, and Democratic leadership have erroneously asserted that climate change is only a single issue and therefore does not merit an entire debate. This uh, statement demonstrates either a fundamental lack of understanding about the reality of the climate crisis or a conscious choice to diminish the urgency of combating the greatest issue facing humanity. Climate change affects health outcomes and the spread of diseases. Climate change uh, leads to decreased resources, increased violence, and large numbers of people forcibly displaced from their homes. Really? Uh, We don't know that. Climate change impacts economic growth. By the way, uh, what statistic did I see on the number of people in the country of India elevated out of poverty in the last 10 years? Would you research that, Johnny Mm -hmm. Hyde? It's fascinating. I I don't think it was due to socialism. Uh, climate change leads to decreased resources, increased violence, and large numbers of people forcibly displaced from their homes. Climate change impacts economic growth, increases our national debt, and influences foreign policy as well as domestic infrastructure. Climate change is an environmental crisis as well as a health crisis, a humanitarian crisis, and an economic crisis. If the Democratic establishment wants the enthusiasm and contributions of young people going into the 2020 elections, the party must start showing right now that they care about our futures by holding a climate debate. Anna Mulhern, Minneapolis. All right, the, here's the homework assignment for Anna and, and everyone else. There's a piece printed in the Washington Post that I want everyone to read because it's too long to read on the, on the podcast. Okay. Uh, it's called AOC's Chief of Change. It was printed in the Washington Post July 10th. The reporter is David Montgomery. And I, I think it's almost a, a ray of hope that the Washington Post did this story. David Montgomery, you said? Yep. Okay. And the story is about Sekhat Chakrabarti, who, is, who runs AOC's life. Okay. He, he's the guy behind the scenes. And uh, Anna Mulhern and everyone else, uh, you, you've got to disabuse yourself of the notion that uh, climate change is a crisis. It's being seized upon by the likes of this uh, Chakrabarti to reform the entire economy of this country. It has nothing to do with the environment. His, I'll read you the... You mean this thriving economy right now? Mm-hmm. On yeah. a Wednesday morning in late May, emissaries of two of the strongest political voices on climate change convened at a coffee shop a few blocks from the U.S. Capitol. Sekat Chakrabarti, chief of staff to Representative Alexandria Occasional Cortex, was there to meet Sam Ricketts climate director for Washington Governor Jay Inslee, who was running for president almost exclusively on a platform of combating global warming. A newly released plank of Inslee's climate change agenda had caught the attention of Chakrabarty and his boss, who had tweeted that Inslee's climate plan is the most serious plus comprehensive one to address our crisis in the 2020 field. Pleased by the positive reception from the demanding Green New Deal wing of the climate struggle, Ricketts had set up this meeting with Chakrabarty to establish a personal connection and share approaches to climate advocacy. Congrats on the rollout, Chakrabarty told him as they sat down. That was pretty great. Thank you again for the kudos kudos you guys offered, said Ricketts, who wanted to be pace setting for the field. And I think we're there now. I want to ask you for input in addition to hearing what you guys are working on. Chakrabarty had an unexpected disclosure. Well, the interesting thing about the Green New Deal, he said, is it wasn't originally a climate thing at all. 
Ricketts greeted this startling notion with an intention with an attentive poker face. You guys think of it as a climate thing, Chakrabarty continued, because we really think of it as how do you change the entire economy thing? It has nothing to do with the environment. Yeah, said Ricketts. Then he said no. Then he said, I think it's 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 dual. It is in other words, this Ricketts is thrown by this. Mm-hmm. This sap might have actually believed that it had something to do with the climate. No, it's both rising to the challenge that is as existential around climate, and it is building an economy that contains more prosperity, more sustainability, and more broadly shared prosperity, equitability, and justice throughout. Uh, Chakrabarty liked that answer. The thing I think you guys are doing that's so incredible is you guys are actually figuring out how to do it and make it work. The comprehensive plan where it all fits together. I'd love to get into a situation where everyone's just trying to outdo each other. But Chakrabarty couldn't help add, I'll be honest, my view is I still think you guys aren't going big enough. Okay, this is a long, long story that gets, in, and I, I, I do applaud the Washington Post for writing it. Uh, he's, whoever he is, he would require some research. But, the, but your homework assignment should be, everyone should read this piece. Okay. It, it's, it's an admission that this Green New Deal, is, that's, this is about reforming this country. It has nothing to do with the... With the environment, with the temperature, it has nothing to do with the, what what these poor, misguided young people like this uh, young lady in, in today's uh, paper saying that she thinks this is the the, the biggest uh, a crisis of her life Why of her generation. The crisis is being thrown around a lot with this. There is no crisis. There is no crisis. There is none. The word equitable in there is is frightening. Mm-hmm. It's by they, all they want to do is share everything. With, mm-hmm. uh, it's socialism. But read this, folks. Read this. It's just. It, I will it, post this to the Garage Logic Facebook page. It for answers to a see lot it. of questions. Uh, I, I'm surprised. Again, I'm surprised. That, uh, almost as remarkable as the rise of occasional cortex has been Chakrabarty's trajectory. Well, when we met, Chakrabarty 33 arrived with his customary backpack and white button down shirt stretched over a torso that has spent a lot of time in a gym. Uh, he went from politically disengaged techie to a fired up axis. A fired-up uh, activist to insurgent insider. Uh, he didn't mention that he also deserves much of the credit for recruiting AOC to run in the first place. Uh, he he he's the he's the he's pulling the he's pulling the strings behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's a she's a talking a very attractive young uh, talking head, and he's running the show. So, if you think that the Green New Deal is going to save your this young generation from what you <laughs> Poorly misguided people believe to be a crisis is you're sorely, sorely mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, those India numbers yeah. from 2005, 2006 to 2016, 2017, yep. 271 million people pulled out of poverty. Wow. And do we get any uh, reasons why? They, they uh, Yeah, the fellow who took over there at that time apparently embarked on several ambitious programs aimed at improving living standards. Uh, before this fellow was uh, there, only 40% of the Indian population had access to a household toilet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they improved, uh, they spent money, invested in sanitation, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I did blah, 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 sorry. Yeah. Uh, they did, anyway, uh, 271 million uh, various programs that they instituted because he wanted to uh, raise the standard of living, which mm-hmm. he has, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously. A lot of people still poop outside. Yep. Yeah, it's a big problem. Well, they start. They started with six hundred forty million living in poverty, like, mm-hmm. so they still have three hundred sixty-five right. million. But they're on the right path. Yes. Yeah. Does uh, that number include Lake Minnetonka? Yeah. The people that go outside. Uh, uh, Tim writes. Uh, AOC is the chief evangelist for the Green New Deal, and her chief of staff, Saikot Chakrabarty, was profiled in the Washington Post. 
In the article, he admitted that the Green New Deal is not about the climate at all. It's really about trying to change the entire economy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The audacious duplicity made me think of the classic scene from The Wizard of Oz where we were first introduced to another gigantic green fraud, the Green New Wizard inside the Green New City. Even Toto the dog could immediately sniff out the phoniness, and he ran over and pulled back the curtain to expose the wizard. We should thank AOC's lapdog for faithfully playing the role of Toto, pulling back the curtain to reveal what the Green New Deal is really, really about. It's not about the climate. That's homework assignment number one. And I guess Reavers is even going to make it easier for you. By posting it to the uh, Garage Logic Facebook page. Facebook page? Yes. Why and not we'll, the... put, we'll put it out on the Twitter page too. What don't, about the websites? It's not, 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 not capable yet. What now? Yep. What now? What the majority now? of people that are podcast listeners are tech savvy and are familiar with the Garage Logic Facebook page. It'll also be on the Twitter account as well. Got it. Really? You can find it very easily. If you're not swimming this week in Minnesota, oh my God. you won't be swimming at all because this is the week where we're uh, getting back to the 90s. Hot in there for you? I love it. I love it. Oh. Hot and humid. And if you own a lake home or have a pond on your property, you need to call Aquaside. They've been helping people maintain Great Lake Shores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products. Aquaside products are easy to use, and they begin working right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are safe. So don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Because if you got if you got a place, you're about to be mooched upon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a place, it, they're on the way now. Calling in all favors. Call Aquaside at one 328 9350 1-800-328-9350, or go to Aquaside.com. Uh, do you want to return uh, with a John Height newscast? Good, I would Brad. certainly love to. You cannot stop him. You just make a move. Joe Suchere. Johnny, hey, how did the gig go Saturday night? I didn't get back in town in time to get there. It went very well. We had a lot of people there. We had GLers out there. We had folks who just wanted to see the band. Uh, This is at Roma's. At Roma's in uh, Willardy. They have a nice little uh, deck there around the brewery. Mm -hmm. uh, which is I didn't know it was a brewery. I didn't either. I saw your post. I thought it was just a restaurant, but it's a brewery too. Restaurant, brewery. Cool. uh, And they they have a built-in bar on the inside where you can go in and sit if if you'd like. But this outdoor patio is nice seated. I'd say 30 or 40, but we had about 70 or 80 there, so it went really well. Oh, people great. Were so you broke the fire hazard. Boy, John. <laughs> no, no people go. were no. standing out on the street and the sidewalk and I wonder if this will there. lead to other so, gigs. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, they also have a room downstairs oh, yeah. where bands can play, so I right. uh, could end up playing there on occasion. It was Let fun. Can I, we, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, kind of interesting. You, you were... Uh, you were in Willerney, and, and you asked me prior to the show, how close was I to the lake? I meaning did, White uh, Bear Lake. Didn't ask you. You, you could not have arrived there without seeing the lake. If somebody did a cannonball, you really? would have been splashed. Well, how well, did we, you I arrive there? We went, went up Century Chopper. and turned on... Uh... As you came into Willerney, oh, the God. lake, you would have seen the lake. I, I didn't notice a lake. I, well, the I didn't know either. I could drive a bus. Well, never mind. <laughs> I think I'll have to re- re- try to remember what road that. Yeah, I think I came in from the Probably other side. Probably came in on 244. Um, 
if you took 694 to Century. That's what I did. And then you went north, north. on Century to 244 right. and took it right. Then you wound between two little lakes. Yep. And as you yeah. came into as you came into Willerney, White Bear Lake was right there off your left shoulder. Really? Had a boy. Had a boy. Head of detectives, John Height with That's you right. today. 244, eh? Yeah. Got 244. This Know it well. Thanks to the folks who came out, by the way. Yeah. Thanks to Romans. It was a blast. We hadn't played together for a long time, but it, things went very, well, very nice. And White Bear must have been hopping on Saturday with how nice it was. I would think so. Yeah. Would you, are you going to get into Trump's uh, tweeting war now with the I, four uh, progressive congressmen? I, I do have that story. Right. Yes, yeah. yeah. Have some uh, comments. Okay. This year's 50th anniversary of Duck Duck Days in New Hope uh, brought some increased security measures at Northwood Park. Organizers say that's because the past few years they've noticed a troubling trend at community carnivals in the metro. But given what happened over the weekend, it looks like, according to Steve Madison, who helped organize the event with the Lions Club, they may have to do more next year. Uh, this year, again, several brawls broke out, and event leaders felt forced to shut down early on Saturday. They ended up turning away arriving families and those who wanted to catch uh, a ride on one of the uh, carnival rides or watch the fireworks. Commander Scott Slauson with the New Hope Police Department said 10 teenagers were cited with disorderly conduct and sent home. No injuries were reported. Uh, Madden said they will look at other measures to take next year to perhaps uh, get rid of any fights that could happen on the grounds. Amy Klobuchar is polling consistently in the low single digits in the Democratic presidential race, way behind the Democratic leaders. So she's taken out a bunch of uh, Facebook ads and dispatched hometown supporters across the Twin Cities. Uh, She is pleading for small-dollar contributions to reach a minimum threshold of individual donors so she can qualify for the critical third round of debates in September. Why is she polling so poorly? I don't know. Because she's not progressive not, enough. Not well known. Not climate to, change. She's not. A, she's not as emphatic, obviously, on climate change. I did <laughs> see a, a very funny tweet from a Republican operative. It had a cut with Klobuchar saying something, uh, you know, about an issue, and he said, "This woman is far too normal to be a." Nominee I'm afraid that president. she is. Yeah, she's not. Uh, she's not grabbing attention because she's not foolish. Mm-hmm. Democratic National Committee has given candidates until August 28th to meet its fundraising and polling criteria for the September 12th-13th debate in Houston. Uh, If you want to be included, your candidate must reach at least 2% support in at least four national or early primary state polls from the end of June to the end of August, and they have to amass at least 130,000 individual campaign donors. So far, Klobuchar's campaign hasn't hit either Mark. I have a question. I, I'm going to risk the, the money being thrown into the scam bucket, but that's fine. That's my role on this show. Right. <laughs> so of, of the 785 people running for the Democratic nomination, the money that they raise, if they don't make the cut, does that money go back to the donor or does that money get pooled huh. together for a, another candidate? How does that work? I believe it would get pooled for another candidate. Gotcha. I thought it was a good question. Thank you, John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> President Trump on Monday called on a group of minority- By the way, Rook was ready. Oh, I was. All I did was, <laughs> was. drop down. I was for sure. I, did, I didn't mean not to have faith in you. I'm sorry know, about that. Well, I mean, I mean, how can how can the Klobuchar camp write twenty eight thousand checks for two dollars to send yeah. back to somebody? Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, President Trump uh, doubling down Monday and calling on a group of minority liberal congresswomen to apologize to the United States, Israel, and him and accuse them of racist hatred a day after he had uh, said in inflam- inflammatory tweets that they should go back to their countries. Oh, uh, Trump said in new tweets today, when will the radical left congresswoman apologize to our country, the people of Israel, and to the office of the president for the foul language they've used and the terrible things they've said? 
So many people are angry at them and their horrible and disgusting actions. He criticized Democrats for coming to the defense of the congresswomen who he claimed had shown racist hatred in their speech. With his uh, latest tweets, Trump digging in further on a line of attack that was widely condemned by Democrats as racist and employed a tactic he has used before, accusing his opponents of the same transgressions for which they're criticizing him. His tweets appeared to have targeted four outspoken freshman lawmakers who have been feuding with Nancy Pelosi. include Democratic Representatives Anna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I can't say it anymore because of uh, what we call (laughs) Alexandria. Ocasio-Cortez and Elon Omar here of Minnesota. Only one, Omar, was born outside the United States. All four have called for the president's impeachment, lab using profane language, and have been highly critical of his administration. By Sunday evening, at least 90 House Democrats and former Republican Justin Amash had denounced Trump's remarks, with more than half of them using the words racist or racism to describe the tweets, others describing them as xenophobic. The only Republican member of Congress to speak out against Trump on Sunday, Representative Chip Roy of Texas, who wrote on Twitter that POTUS was wrong to say any American citizen, whether in Congress or not, has any home besides the U.S. During a television appearance on Monday morning, Senator Lindsey Graham counseled Trump to focus on policy differences with the Congresswomen, telling the president, quote, aim higher. They are American citizens. They won an election. Take on their policies. Okay, a couple of thoughts. Yeah. Here. <clears throat> the first thing that struck me about his this latest tweeting. I'm surprised it took him this long to get around to these gals. Yeah. That's one way well, I, he, I would he look has at it. tweeted though about the AOC yeah. constantly. Uh, uh, and Elon. And Elon. And, yeah. and we're in agreement that that no one with a sense of decorum would have would have tweeted those things. Right? Uh, here's here's the problem. He's he's not capable of getting out of his own way. The Democrats are perfectly capable of devouring themselves. Yep. And they are. You've these yeah. four young fresh women, fresh women, Congress women, they're at war with Nancy Pelosi, who's starting to look like a mainstream Republican compared to <laughs> yeah, them. Exactly. And so Pelosi's at war with these four. Those four are at war with Pelosi. That stems from a, a, a bill they agreed to that uh, allotted money to the border uh, situation, but to the four uh, to the four socialist uh, incoming uh, freshmen, fresh women, they that was there wasn't enough language in the bill to appease them. They wanted uh, they wanted uh, more language about cages and, and things of this nature. And Pelosi uh, had her way with them, and now she's calling them. They're just four people. They don't have any voice. They don't have any votes. Now they're attacking Pelosi. My point is, Trump, you don't need to do a damn thing. Step back. They're handing, they, they've got more rope to hang themselves than you can possibly provide them. You just, again, make yourself look like a complete fool by butting in. If you would just get out of the way, they'll devour each other. Yeah. And that and that's related to the second Homework assignment that Uh-oh. we'll be have coming up, uh, coming up a little later in the show. Now, do you think he does that? I know it's tough to get inside that mind, but do you think he's doing that, thinking that this will fan the flames even more? I think he does it because he's that's how impossibly thin-skinned he is. Yeah. Well, the, I think the light he, goes on, the monkey hits the button. Right, you right. guys are probably going to disagree with this, but I also think he uses the sort of language he used because he has a base that enjoys that kind of language. Yeah. Then go back to where you came from. Which language. is which is silly. Uh, they're it's all silly. They're all four yeah. of them are citizens. Only yeah. Omar was born outside yeah. this country. Uh, 
No, it's it's a it's a dark moment. Yeah, yeah. it's just uh, because he's not. He just can't get out of his own way. <laughs> just can't get out of his own way and let these let these increasingly progressive fools destroy themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Democratic Party the next year and a half will <laughs> implode mm-hmm. if he just backs off. And, right. Yeah. You know, your newscasts are really starting to show your bias, John. I know. What can I tell you? <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> well, you know, go back to where you came from. It's, that's, well, it's, you know. That's right out of about 1956. Yeah, exactly. And doesn't, doesn't do exactly. anything. Well, plus they came from here. Yeah, plus three of them well, are from here. homework, right. <laughs> but have they that, used foul language? Yeah, that Tlaib oh, is Tlaib. a foul-mouthed woman. And from day we're one. Gonna, we're going to impeach the mother bleeper. Yeah, remember? in front of her own child, she said. With her car, uh, but again, Trump, Trump you, you're, it's hard to... Position Trump as a uh, moral standard bearer for well, language. No. You, know, you think? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Dylan super van, fan Bill Pagel has purchased the ultimate rock collectible, the Hibbing, Minnesota house where Bob lived from 1948 to 1959. According to the Minneapolis Star Tribune, he bought the 1600 square foot home from Greg and Donna French, who have lived there since 1990. It was valued at 84 grand by Zillow. Pagel plans on restoring the home to its very appearance during Dylan's childhood in the 1950s. He says he's trying to locate another collector who bought a lot of the original furniture, including Bob's original bedroom set. A fellow bought all that stuff apparently in 1988. Pagel says he's looking for them. He said, I'd appreciate hearing from anyone who may have had a lead in locating that person. Uh, Pagel, if you're wondering, is a pharmacist. He's in his late 70s. He's run the Bob Dylan Essential Fan website, boblinks.com, since 1995. Among many other things, it houses Dylan's set list from every night of the never-ending tour. They often go up minutes after a show ends, regardless of where the concert takes place. His Dylan fandom, he says, goes back well over 50 years. He said he first became aware of Bob Dylan in the fall of 1961, while in college at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Some of his friends, he said, were from New York City and had seen him perform. That was before his first album came out. In 2001, he purchased Dylan's first childhood home, a duplex in Duluth, Minnesota, for 82 grand on eBay. It was the centerpiece of his Dylan collection, at least until his recent purchase of the Hibbing home. He hopes to turn both homes into museums. What's this guy's name? Bob Pagel. Does Pagel realize that... Bill Pagel, I'm sorry. Does Pagel realize there's no one more disinterested in Duluth and Hibbing than Bob Dylan? Well, he has no interest in it whatsoever. Give me a cartoon bubble of the uh, 1950s Dylan home. What are you? The really bad big brown radio. (laughs) And uh, uh, the couch that has the speckled thread in it. Yes. And uh, the big huge console uh, stereo unit. I don't even think they had stereo in the 50s, did they? Yeah, they had the big console thing. Okay, yeah, the giant one. And I'm just seeing bad carpet. And yeah, I'm, yeah. The, not the shag, but it's that that low carpet that had patterns into it, like yeah, a, yeah. Cur, a cur of circles right. and just right. not not good. Upstairs, uh, Bob was sitting and he said, "Hang on, guys, I got to practice. Come gather around, um, uh, uh, I mean, pee people, uh, pee people, yeah. wherever." <laughs> you go? No. Yeah, you can do it, Bobby. I admit that the waters around you have grown. Uh, grown. No. You can write grown. that song. Does that rhyme, Roman grown? No, remember, our friend, remember our friend Eleanor Osman? Yes. The food writer yeah. for the Pioneer Press was a classmate of Dylan. 
and uh, spoke uh, about his uh, appearance at a talent show at the school and was not favorably received yeah. at, at the talent oh, show. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then he came on to think, Shelter from the Storm, pretty good. Oh, yeah, well, that's, you could, you know, we could okay. stand here Whole for an hour naming True. songs. Let's just great. continue. Uh, we have lost somebody. Uh, you guys may not be familiar with them. Uh, one of my favorites growing up, still one of my favorite bands. In fact, Saturday night we did a song uh, by this band, and I introduced it by saying, and I didn't know he had passed away, uh, but I said, most underrated band in rock and roll, the Amazing Arilla Maces, great band in the 1970s. Russell Smith, who was the lead vocalist and guitarist of the band, has passed away cancer at the age of mm. 70. Uh, the band's debut album, Stack Deck, was released in 1975 on ABC Records in immediate success, reaching number 12 on the U.S. country charts, number 120 on the pop albums charts, thanks to the success of a single, Third Rate Romance. The country crossover peaked at 14 on the Hot 100. A follow-up single, Amazing Grace Used to Be Your Favorite Song, reached number 72, both songs written by Smith. Uh, he went on to write a bunch of country hits for other folks in the uh, country world. Uh, but the band, the first four albums were brilliant. The Amazing Rhythm Aces? Amazing Rhythm Aces. Yeah. See, I saw some great, uh, I was out of town the past couple of days. I saw some great motorcycles and uh, lots of bicyclists. And it made me think of EcoFun, uh, EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. I saw some of the cruisers, uh, like what's available at EcoFun. They have a complete line of Yamaha motorcycles. And all of the bicycles I saw, uh, it struck me that they would have enjoyed the uh, Bintelli e-bikes because it was hot. They had their uh, outfits on, yep. and they were struggling up and down hills. Uh, boy, I could that. just picture that, though. That ride on an eco-bike would have been more pleasant. Oh, in this heat? Mm-mm, Hell mm-mm, yeah. Mm-mm. Less exertion. You could pedal the e-bike on your own, use a motor assist to make pedaling easier, or use the thumb control and cruise up to 20 miles an hour with no effort at all. And at that uh, at EcoFun Motorsports, downtown Forest Lake, you're going to see an on-the-floor display that, uh, that uh, will blow your mind and uh, larger than any uh, shop that exclusively sells bicycles, and the price will reflect that. Their I prices are very agreeable. And uh, so we're talking a full line of Intelli, Lance, and Yamaha scooters, uh, youth ATVs, youth youth everything. you got great if, stuff, great toys had, for kids. If I had one of those bikes from... Uh, I, I would make sure that if there was a certain temperature or a certain humidity level mm-hmm. where I wouldn't I would not pedal I would just use the e-bike. Yeah, I would too. That's what I been, that's what I did yesterday. <laughs> you think I'm pedaling in that heat? Hell out of your no. mind. Hell no. <laughs> uh, a, I got one other amazing rhythm aces note I wanted to mention. EcoFunMotorsports.com. Yeah, their second album was called uh, Too Stuffed to Jump. Yeah, it had a picture of a stuffed frog mm-hmm. on a, a a bicycle, which was. It was an incredibly mm-hmm. funny cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the mu- I should also mention the music was great, too. Uh, they did a song. The song we did Saturday is a song called The End Is Not In Sight, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a, a semi-hit in America. Uh, easily one of my favorite songs from the 1970s. Wait, do the, the cover was what? A stuffed frog? Stuffed frog sitting on a, a bike like this. And it was called Too Stuffed <laughs> to Jump. Well, I'm, I'm, huh. I'm picturing that in my mind's eye. Yeah. It's a, it had I a probably black saw cover. it. Yeah, I'm sure he did. It was yeah. a very popular album. They were, yeah. they were they're a very popular band. And those first two albums were brilliant. Still check them out if you get a chance. Wasn't there a... Didn't they write a song, It's Not Easy Being Green? No. 
No, well, it's that's, not the. That's completely maybe that different. Was Kermit the Frog. That was yeah. That was a different. Frog. In the Muppet movie, that's there, right. There that's were no there were no frogs in Amazing River Mesas. Uh, okay. Do you no, have this story? Which one is it? About the diving bell that was discovered in the boathouse. I do not. At Glen Sheen Mansion. Really? No. Oh, really. A diving bell. Glen, Glen Sheen is one of my favorite places to visit. Well, and they're restoring the boathouse where yeah. Chester used to keep his yacht. Uh-huh. And they're so they're unearthing things in there, and they found a diving bell. I did not see oh, that. Oh yeah! Wow! And that's going to be part of the. Uh, they'll keep it as part of the uh, display. Question? You, yeah, I'm not what? joking. What does a diving bell do? Uh, I can't. I meant look it up. <laughs> I, I meant to. And I got knows. I got distracted. No, I, I wasn't I'm assuming to be it looks to me like you would uh, be inside it as it was lowered to the bottom of the lake. Those appear to be porthole windows in the thing, yeah. right? So you can get in But it? I don't know what the breathing apparatus would have been. Just A, a diving I, belt is a rigid chamber used to transport divers from the surface to depth and back in open water, usually for the purpose yeah. of performing underwater work. Mm-hmm. The uh, most common types are the open-bottomed wet bell and the closed bell, which can maintain internal pressure greater uh, than the external ambient pressure. There's your answer, Joe. This looks like a closed bottom Got it. diving bell that you would have... Literally sat in or something to go to the bottom of Lake Superior. They, the story mentions a, a nephew or something that hung around there in the 20s, and he was an avid uh, guy who might have uh, huh. had a diving bell. Imagine a, being uh, trapped with the mayor inside the diving bell going to depths below. Do you hear a leak? I'm not going in here. <laughs> I'm not getting any diving bell. Now, diving bell on Urban Dictionary is no, a little No, I don't want to know what that is. Okay, sorry. I don't want to know what that is. Uh, this was very cool. A French inventor, I don't know if you guys watched this video, an entrepreneur uh, on Sunday soared above the Champs-Élysées on a turbine engine-powered flyboard mm-hmm. in front of President Emmanuel Macron and other EU leaders. Former jet skiing champion Frankie Zapata grasping a, hey. <laughs> grasping a rifle in a sign of the possible military uses of the device, took to the air in a futuristic showpiece of the annual Bastille Day Parade. French Armed Forces, a French Armed Forces Minister, Florence Parley, told France Interradio ahead of the parade that the flyboard can allow tests for different kinds of uses, for example, as a flying logistical platform or as an assault platform. Zapata, first developed his flying device uh, above water, says that the flyboard has the power to take off, reach speeds of 118 miles an hour, and run for 10 minutes. He's now looking at a crossing of the English Channel, which for the first time would require refueling in mid-flight. Zapata aims to make the crossing on July 25th. That would be 110 years to the day after pioneering aviator Louis Blériot made the first airplane flight across the channel. How would you refuel it? Mid-air, they say they're going to do it. I, I don't know. They must have. I saw the pictures of it. And yeah, he's just it was a flying slow. soldier, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, it was it was very cool. It looked like something from a Bond movie in the same. Yeah, right. Just a yeah. guy floating around. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. 
Mr. Money Talk Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no cost, no obligation, 48 minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Uh, before the second homework assignment, I want to revisit the first one. Uh, and emphasize that you young people who are falling for the idea that the uh, that nature is in crisis, and you're you're placing your hopes in the progressives to do something about it, you're being deceived. It's it's that simple. You're being deceived. A, there's no crisis, and B, you uh, you have placed your hope in people who are using you. They have created this crisis out of whole cloth to mask their real intention, which is a takeover of the economy and ultimately, I would imagine, bring about the mystery mm-hmm. in, its, in its full force. And I want to, uh, I, I wish, I doubt that the young lady who wrote the letter to the Tribune is a listener. You don't think she's a daily downloader? Well, I, she might be. I have no idea. And, and I mean nothing against her personally. Uh, Anna Mulhern, she writes well. But Anna, you're being deceived. So I, I just want to, before we get to the second homework assignment, I wanted to reread my favorite quote. It's by Garth Paltridge, the Australian oh, yeah. uh, professor emeritus. Uh, the bottom line of politically correct thought on the matter, the thought that we must collectively do something drastic now to prevent climate change in the future, is so full of holes that it brings the overall sanity of mankind into question. For what it is worth, one possible theory is that mankind, or at least that fraction of it that has become both overeducated and more delicate as a result of a massive increase of its wealth in recent times, has managed to remove the beliefs of existing religions from its consideration and now misses them. As a replacement, it has manufactured a set of beliefs about climate change that can be used to guide and ultimately to control human behavior. The beliefs are similar to those of the established religions and that they are more or less unprovable in any strict scientific sense. It's so full of holes that it brings the overall sanity of mankind into question. I submit to you that Chakrabarty, who is AOC's wizard Man. behind the curtain, yep. he knows that perfectly well. But the poorly educated... The, the, I'm going to link to the failed academy. Okay. The, the failed academy is acting in concert, however unintentionally or intentionally, with the likes of Chakrabarty by grinding out class after class after class of graduates who have bought this hook, line, and sinker, this whole climate change BS hook, line, and sinker. Right. The insidious thing is behind the scenes, you've got guys like Chakrabarty who are using that. To advance an agenda that he admitted in the Washington Post has nothing to do with the environment. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just their portal to go through. Yes. And I, I just, it's, 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 it's almost, it's sad to a certain extent to see 
well, the likes of this young lady. She's not alone. There are millions of her hmm. who have bought this. <laughs> you're being deceived, young lady. You're, you're, you're being deceived. Is, Second, it to, is it to continue the circle? Is it to keep the, the, the food chain rolling along? What do you mean? Well, you always talk about how the, the academy and the left are in an unholy alliance together. Yeah. Is that was that what the end game is here? No, the, the, no, the, the no, the end no the end game is uh, the the end game is is the taking over the United States by by a, a by a political methodology that no no one would agree with if they truly understood it. No one would agree with it. Second homework assignment number two. <sighs> uh, I already forgot the first one. <laughs> great piece in the Wall Street Journal, Saturday. July 13th, by Ayan, A-Y-A-A-N, Ayan Hersi Ali, H-I-R-S-I-A-L-I, Ayan Hersi Ali. Ayan Hersi Ali uh, is a research fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution. And the headline of the piece is, Can Ilhan Omar Overcome Her Prejudice? And it is, uh, again, too long to read on the podcast, but it's a homework assignment. You should, you should read this. This guy, Ayan Hirsi Ali, was born in Somalia and grew up amid pervasive Muslim anti-Semitism. Hate is hard to unlearn without coming to terms with how you learned it. And it's a background of how ingrained into the fabric of Somalian society was hatred of Jews. Mm-hmm. And what this guy is contending is... Uh, he learned to overcome that. Okay. He's since received awards from Jewish groups. He's he's he has he has seen the light. Okay. But growing up, he said, the Muslim anti-Semitism is so pervasive that he can understand the difficulty she's having trying to unlearn that. Mm-hmm. That it would have been inevitable for her as a child. It would have been inevitable for her. To have been immersed in anti-Semitism sure. wow. because it was so pervasive uh, in the country, and uh, they learned the Muslims right. learned to blame the Jews for everything. Oh, if something right. broke in your house, is the Jews? I mean, it was. It's so again. I can't read this whole thing to you, but it's a an extraordinarily instructive piece to understand. Uh, Ilhan Omar's position, because uh, she she's she's struggling. I guess I'm giving her some credit. She's struggling to not be anti-Semitic. Is is the column? I don't want to say defending, but is it? I, I don't know. Giving her no. It's a wonderful background into why she's anti-Semitic. And he would obviously and like he her would not know to be because he an yeah and he doesn't want her to be. Right. And he he obviously would know. Hey, it's not only the Somalis though. Man, it just started snowing out of nowhere this morning, man. That's right. Y'all better pay attention to this climate control, man. This climate manipulation. And D.C. keep talking about we're a resilient city. Uh-huh. And that's a model based off the Rothschilds controlling the climate. Yep. To create natural disasters, they can pay for it and own the cities, man. Be careful. That's right. Hersey writes, as for me, Hersey Ali, as for me, I eventually unlearned my hatred of Jews, Zionists, and Israel. As an asylum seeker turned student turned politician in Holland, I was exposed to a complete set of circumstances that led me to question my own prejudices. 
Perhaps I didn't stay in the Islamist fold long enough for the indoctrination to stick. Perhaps my falling out with my parents and extended family after I left home led me to a wider reappraisal of my youthful beliefs. Perhaps it was my loss of religious faith. In any event, I am living proof that one can be born a Somali, raised as an anti-Semite, indoctrinated as an anti-Zionist, and still overcome all this to appreciate the unique culture of Judaism and the extraordinary achievement of the state of Israel. If I can make that leap, so perhaps can Ms. Omar. Yet that is not really the issue at stake, for she and I are only two individuals. The real question is what, if anything, could be done to check the advance of the mass movement that is Muslim anti-Semitism? Absent a worldwide Muslim reformation, followed by an Islamic enlightenment, I am not sure I know. Hmm. So, it's it, anyone who wants to better understand our own congresswoman, this is a hell of a homework assignment wow. to read this piece. Okay. That was Saturday, Wall Street Journal opinion pages by Ayan Hirsi Ali. And uh, it's the straight deal. Gotcha. All right. And so, Rook, you can, ha- you can start first. Yeah. After the show, you can I have read. mine at home, which I've not gotten to yet. Read so yours. Mine at home, too. Maybe I don't need to. You'll read yours. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. How's that sound? You want to hang out of this? Yeah. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. I mentioned all the great uh, motorcycles I was traveling with. Well, I was in a car, but I felt like a fellow traveler having made many of those trips myself mm-hmm. uh, and I wondered how many of them have contacted DennisKirk.com I've had a great many of them uh, DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota company 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike doesn't make any difference what kind of bike you ride uh, DennisKirk.com has you covered and if you buy a helmet or apparel item and it doesn't fit or you just don't like it no problem DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping DennisKirk.com. Order by 8 o'clock tonight and get it tomorrow. Fast same-day shipping. Guaranteed prices. And the best huge in-stock selection you're going to find in the motorcycle parts business. DennisKirk.com. Let's revisit uh, climate change hypocrisy. Uh, Minnesota Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, on her first official trip abroad, will take part in an energy seminar in Germany next week. That includes tours of renewable energy projects and meetings with German politicians, according to details released by the governor's office. Flanagan's a former DL state legislator. She announced late last month her plans to lead a delegation of state lawmakers and business leaders on an overseas trip focused on sustainability in the agricultural and energy sectors. The trip will be centered around the Berlin Seminar on Energy Policy, an annual gathering hosted by the University of Minnesota's Institute on the Environment and Germany's Federal Ministry for Economic Affairs and Energy. This seminar is an opportunity to learn about how our state can further its commitment to combating the real threat of climate change while creating a prosperous clean energy economy, Flanagan said. Well, if you really believe that, why would you get on a jet plane? (laughs) Right. If you are a true believer. Teleconference. Yeah, you don't have to go anywhere. Why, if you're a believer, why why are we paying for her to fly to Germany to, to complain about climate change? The itinerary includes travels uh, to communities and projects that demonstrate the benefits of connecting renewable energy generation with other sectors. Members of the delegation will also visit a research hub focused on uh, public transportation and meet with German politicians and officials. Uh, the group of 21 Minnesotans 
uh, and joining uh, joining uh, Flanagan nice. includes state commissioners, legislators, and representatives of various companies and industry groups. Hmm. The seminar is hosted and paid for by Germany's uh, Federal Ministry for Economic Affairs and Energy. The governor's office is paying for the cost of Flanagan's flights. Well, no, it isn't. You are. The governor's office doesn't. Wes Walls, what's his name? Tim. Uh, Tim, Tim Walls, Walls is not going to reach right. into his own pocket to buy Flanagan a, a ticket. Flanagan and DFL Governor Tim Walls have pledged to make climate and sustainability policy a priority during their time in office. Well, then why are you going? Is that an unfair question? No, no, I don't think so. No. It's like these. There's some local radio personalities in town yep. that uh, really are on the global warming bandwagon. Yes, and they they advertise cars. <laughs> well, you're not walking the walk. Right. If you're gonna if you're gonna buy into it, you're gonna be consistent. That's what I'm talking about, That's man. Consistency is what you're looking. That's what for. I was saying. See, yeah. Uh, just a minute, I had something to read to you. When did Royce start advertising cars again? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, he's not. Uh, <laughs> he's not advertising cars. It's uh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. I do. Right. Uh, which is fine. Sure. Uh, they even advertise great cars, but then don't spend 20 minutes of your show telling me that we're in a crisis. And Peggy Flanagan and 21 others flying over there. Yeah. Doesn't equal. Doesn't compute. Then they got to fly back. <laughs> they had to drive to the airport. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember that uh, gathering I saw uh, in my neighborhood? There was a gathering. It was the Walls gathering. For the Walls campaign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Every vehicle was a big SUV, <laughs> which is fine. But don't But preach. you can't lecture me. Right. Oh. Have you seen? Wait, maybe that's the key to getting a great uh, dealership to sponsor your show. Just maybe we're doing it wrong. Right, hang on. <laughs> I have global warming. What the hell? What four door or two door? Right. What do you got? Well, <laughs> I just find it ironic that uh, Flanagan is flying over there. Have you followed the behavior of this Megan Rapinoe, the so- the soccer team? Yeah. Yes. They're they're kind of an unlikable bunch. Um, she, well, there's a viral video. I I didn't bring it up, but I I watched it. And she's at some event recently where she signed a soccer ball for a kid, you know, a little kid. Yeah. And and the the disinterest on her, she never made eye contact with the kid she was signing the ball for. She, you, you see her like this, being handed the ball, then she noticed somebody, hey, how you doing? And she signs the ball and gives it back to the kid. Never once looks at the kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know the context, but it, she does seem uh, somewhat disagreeable. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really... It, it's cool. You had your moment. This is great. It's great for the country. But it always seems like there's an agenda involved with this team. Very self-important. Yes. That's my first read with the kneeling during the anthem, uh, the dancing over the flag, um, the, the not wearing a shirt where she just wore a suit coat. Um, well, for a, it just. Did you hear about this guy? It was the first day of camp for the Hat Tricks, the new minor uh, league hockey team in Danbury, Connecticut. Yeah. And assistant coach John Krupinski had something on his mind. Uh, yes. Did you hear about well, this? I, I listened this. to the video. Yeah. Over the past few years, Coach Krupinski has seen professional football players and women's soccer players disrespect America by taking a knee during the anthem. He wanted to make sure the young hockey players understood that sort of unpatriotic nonsense would not be permitted on the hat tricks. We're not women's soccer, he told the team in a locker room heart-to-heart, and we're not the NFL. 
And then he laid down the law. I was going to say, let's be careful with the court. I will. If there's anybody in here is going to, who is going to be disrespectful to either the American or the Canadian national anthem, grab your gear and get the bleep out now because you'll never see the ice in this arena. We don't have that problem in hockey. We're better than that. But there was no sense of wasting anybody's time if that bleep was going to happen. That's what we call a Make America Great Again truth bomb on ice. The coach's remarks made a few weeks ago were captured on video and shared on Facebook. By last count, it's been seen by more than 6 million people. Yep. I thought it would get shared around town maybe, but I never expected 6.5 million people, Krupinski said, during an interview on the Tard Todd Starnes radio show. The coach, who works for the Danbury Police Department, said his comments were about basic stuff you should be doing every day as an American citizen. Hockey is just one of the few sports that has not been infected by Trump derangement syndrome. No snowflakes, just ice. (laughs) Coaches have a responsibility to keep their team squared away. He said, we are fortunate to be in a place where we are a patriotic team and city. Uh, And then, of course, this follows some of the uh, unpatriotic behavior displayed by members of the U.S. women's hockey team. Soccer team. What did I say? Hockey. Uh, Soccer. Because uh, we all know that Margaret, uh, Megan Rapinoe took the knee in the whole deal, right? And she said, we need to love more and hate less. Well, she hates Trump. Right. There's no consistency in the position of many of the people on the left. Mm-mm. There's just no, it's hard to read them. Can't yeah. figure them out. Well, they only they give got you, no consistency. They only give you what they want you to think, but then the real deal comes out in something else where they're shown as frauds. By the way, that video that Joe is referring to was sent in by a few GLers wanting yeah. us. We, we can't post it. I, I can't retweet because it's it's great. Well, but the co- the coach goes off the handle and uses a little profanity. Yeah, he, we he, can't. Uh... He, well, that's hockey. Though. Right. <laughs> right. No, no human beings on earth other than hockey players can get more use out of the F word. Oh. It's it's used in every form. It's used as adjectives, nouns, uh, verbs. It's uh, <laughs> direction. Com- complete sentences. Direction. Complete sentences are are formed with it. So uh, it's not uh, it's not surprising <laughs> hey, that bellows. a hockey coach. Oh my god, <laughs> they're the best at it, aren't they? Oh. <laughs> Why don't we come back with Johnny Heights? What's this? That's GB. Oh. What's up, Brian? This guy wears many hats. Not indoors. Joe Suchere. Hit the post, Anna boy. Huh? That's how we do it. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Governor Tim Walz's Human Services Commissioner has resigned just six months after being appointed. Governor's office announcing Tony Laurie's resignation on Monday without any explanation. He leaves just two days after two deputy commissioners announced their departures, also without explanation. Laurie was a Democratic state senator when Walz named him in January to head up one of the state's biggest agencies. But Human Services has been under fire for its handling of alleged fraud, data breaches, and other administrative problems. Walz said about Laurie in a statement, Tony is passionate about improving the health care of Minnesotans, and I'm proud of what we accomplished together in the legislative session. What Walt's, did they accomplish they together accomplish? in six months? Didn't Walt, accomplish a damn thing. Walt said in the statement that Pam Wheelock would take over as acting commissioner. Wheelock, you may remember, God. was commissioner of finance yes. under Governor, Governor Jesse Ventura. These people get recycled more than NFL coaches. Yeah. Keep showing up, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And radio people. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, uh, did I read that it's former governor's birthday? 
I did note that today. Jesse, yeah. 68. Nice. Happy yeah. birthday. 68. Gov. Maybe yeah. he'll call in. I don't, we don't need him to. <laughs> he probably wants one. No, birthday. I don't want to. Well, I would have thought he was a lot older than me, but he's not. I thought he? so, too. Huh. 17-year-old driver remains in serious condition Monday in a Duluth hospital, being treated for many broken bones in her face and other injuries inflicted when her small car hit a full-grown moose as she drove on a dark northern Minnesota highway with her boyfriend. Ooh. The collision at about 11.15 on July 7th, about 40 miles east of Evelis, sent Amaya Nelson's car down a hill, forcing her to claw her way back up to the highway and get help in the middle of the night. After hitting the bull moose, which averaged about 1,000 pounds in weight, the uh, native of Two Harbors, Scott Nelson, moved his family to Georgia several years ago, said her car veered off the road and downhill. Her 22-year-old boyfriend, Remington Dellinger, freed himself from the wreckage with less severe injuries, was able to perform basic triage on Amaya before first responders got there. Nelson said his daughter first went to a hospital nearby in Aurora before being transferred to St. Mary's Hospital in Duluth, where she's undergone facial reconstructive surgery. How'd the moose turn out? I don't think it worked for the moose. I saw mm. a picture of the car. And, oh. uh, it was, what kind of car was it? It was small. That's all I know. Okay. That's all it says a in the small story. car. Got green. it. The green. small car. The green, green small car. Yeah. Green mm-hmm. small car. Is she going to be okay? Uh, yeah, she just uh, she had the surgeries, and uh, it'll take a while, yeah. it sounds like. Uh, more stories from up north. A man who left a Minnesota marina on a jet ski with plans for a 35-mile trip to Michigan's Isle Royale had to be tracked down and rescued by a passing freighter after he got lost in the fog and the jet ski ran out of gas on Lake Superior. Okay. <laughs> Didn't get too far, huh? Yeah. That'd be a little spooky. Yeah, that would be. St. Lawrence Seaway, here we come. Let's How go. How far was he planning on going on Third, the jet ski? Uh, that, that's coming here. You'll, you'll be surprised, I think. Captain and crew of the 689-foot Canadian freighter Mishapakotan is being credited for the rescue, which happened in the wee hours of last Tuesday morning after a morning call from the U.S. Coast Guard. The man reportedly got lost in the fog on Lake Superior. It was a 35-mile trip that he was planning to make on the jet ski. He ran out of gas, had a cell phone with him, luckily, was able to make a call that alerted authorities. They tracked his signal from his cell phone to get an approximate location. He was about 25 miles south of Isle Royale and west of the Upper Peninsula. Well, he missed it by only 25 miles. Only 25 yeah. miles, yeah. Well, one take of gas. Reporting isn't what it used to be. There's so much I would like to know. Did he take off in the fog? Uh, you're right. I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Did he have an extra gas can? Because if you took off in the fog, you've lost your relationship with nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was up there a couple of weeks ago. I was surprised at the fog. It's uh, oh, it's yeah, pretty thick it. in the middle of the day up mm-hmm. there, depending on the weather. It was very humid that day. Uh, President Donald Trump trails the top Democratic contenders in hypothetical matchups, according to a new Wall Street Journal NBC News uh, poll. Former Vice President Joe Biden leads the president by nine points among registered voters, 51 to 42 percent. Senator Bernie Sanders ahead of Trump by seven points, 50 to 43. Elizabeth Warren holds a five-point advantage, 48 to 43. And Senator Kamala Harris is ahead of Trump by just one point, 45 to 44 percent. A jump ball, of course, uh, given the margin of error. With more than 200 days until Iowa caucuses and more than 470 days until Election Day 2020, the poll, a pretty early snapshot of the general election, and a lot could change before next year. The avowed white supremacist who was sentenced, uh, was sentenced, excuse me, life 
plus 419 years on federal hate crime charges Monday for deliberately driving his car into those anti-racism protesters during a white nationalist rally in Virginia. 22-year-old James Alec Fields Jr. received the sentence for killing one person and injuring dozens during the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, August 12, 2017. State sentence, mainly symbolic, given his previous sentence on federal charges. Uh, He was charged in that case on 29 different federal crimes. Dominican Republic, another death of an American there. Why would anyone go there? I have no idea. Jerome Jester Jr. of Forsyth Jr. died after going sightseeing in the Caribbean nation, according to his family. 31-year-old had been on vacation with his sister, who called for an ambulance after he started having difficulty breathing. His sister said he just dropped to his knees and started throwing up blood and calling for his mother. What the hell is going on? Hello. He said he took some uh, drink of pop that didn't taste quite right to him. Is somebody killing people? I'm starting to wonder that very thing, because this almost seems like they're intentional acts. His mother said she spoke to him the day before he died, and he was just fine, seemed to be having a good day. Uh, Moore said the mom said he seemed fine on the phone, but did mention drinking that soda, which Joe mentioned, which didn't taste right. Jester's death is the latest in a recent spate of fatalities among U.S. tourists visiting the territory. Since June 2018, 12 other Americans have died in a variety of incidents. Well, are Germans dying? Uh, Not that I've seen reported. French dying? They get all kinds of tourists there. Yeah. I wouldn't go there. Yeah, I haven't heard. Why not? Let's hop on the value jet and head down, huh? See, I got a note from uh, David Chapman in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. He says, hail the flashlight king. Hail Hail you. This weekend, my in-laws came to visit us in Nebraska. Because they are loyal GLers, we served them Grunhoffers on Friday night, and they loved them. Our dilemma is we're now out of Grunhoffers. (laughs) And I even had to eat another mass-marketed brand so somebody else could try both tater tot and chicken parmesan. We live seven hours away from Hugo. That's not They came from Wilmer. Wilmer is within easy range of stopping by and making sure they have the correct bratwurst on hand. One could argue they should have been bringing us a resupply, not running us out of what we yeah. view as a yeah. staple. Good yeah, point. That's good good point. Well, on the other hand, they were guests in our home, and we love them. We, yeah. uh, we feel compelled to serve them the best food we have in the house. They are my wife's parents, and we are commanded to honor our parents withholding grunhoffers from them isn't honoring them what should we do if there's a next time you eat the grunhoffers before the your in-laws get there exactly that's what i would do mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah. and this guy said uh finally made the trip to grunhoffers made the relaxing drive up 61 can't miss the lighted gl sign the place looks like a gl clubhouse <laughs> went with the ribeye burgers everyone at the fourth barbecue loved them these aren't small burgers. They stick out past the bun. Hell yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Gronhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's the broad capital of the world. It's the meat capital of the world. GLers have been meeting each other at, uh, at Gronhofer's. Quick question. The Rookie Burger. I had two people ask me best cheese to put on the Rookie Burger. You know what? It really doesn't matter. A Chipotle, uh, like pepper a pepper jack, jack it was okay. really good if you want to heat it up. But Got it. Nice piece of Swiss. Whatever Ooh. you like, yeah. Whatever your favorite cheese yeah. is, throw. Yeah, it. I don't think it's paired. It's just that's your own preference. We're not talking just brats though, and burgers. They got everything. I know, chicken but chicken and uh, for the advice of that emailer, and they should change their slogan at at Grunhoffers, Get your own. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Don't don't serve <laughs> yeah, them. Get your own damn Grunhoffers. You, you save it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. If they bring you some, that means they love you even more. And fine, yeah. we'll cook it up. But if you're far away, get your own. Hickory smoked salmon, pastrami made in house, beef briskets, and beef tri-tip roasts. 
The brat uh, grilling brackets are underway. It's fascinating. It's wonderful. People are starting to come from all over the country. Grunhofer's in Hugo. Grunhofer's oldfashionedmeats.com. Uh, you know, I'm going to use uh, Rook's new slogan, get your own, because I was going to offer to pick you guys some stuff up. I'm going to go get no. some, but yeah, heck with get you guys. Us. I'll get my own. Get us. No, no, no. If you're going to make a run, you right. can, you can include us. Yeah. I need some jerky. They have great jerky. Get us our own. That's what I was saying. Get us our own. Get us our own. Right. Speaking of eating, insects and bugs aren't the most appetizing food items. But they are eaten around uh, parts of the globe, and now we're finding out they could be very healthy. Oh, God. No. A new study. Thanks, Andrew Zimmer. And you're yeah. the dork that brought this to this country. A new study out of Italy has found one more reason to consider eating insects. Certain types are absolutely packed with antioxidants. No. What kind? Uh, hang on. I ain't eating no tick. Good research, research, researchers only analyzed insects commercially available for eating, so that are already out there on the market, so they didn't uh, run out and grab a bunch of bugs and eat them. Of the edible insects analyzed, grasshoppers, silkworms, and crickets displayed the highest level of antioxidants. Get this, almost five times more than fresh orange juice. It's worth noting that most insects are vegetarians. Well, carnivorous bugs, carnivorous too, such oh, as... Nice. John- there's two kinds, is there? Carnivorous. Carnivorous. Yeah. Uh, such as giant cicadas, giant water bugs, black tarantulas, and black scorpions all displayed negligible antioxidant rankings. Big deal. I ain't eating it. Okay. I ain't eating no bug. Wait until no, we bug. find there's going to be some idiot opening up on Nicollet Mall, downtown, oh, the no. bug bar. Yeah. I yeah. guarantee it's yeah. going to happen. Uh, additionally, fat taken from giant cicadas and silkworms displayed twice the antioxidant levels of olive oil. Or the fair. Oh, that, that won't meat, surprise yeah. you. Meat, Ricky, sure. bugs on a stick, yeah. Yeah. boom. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Very healthy. I'm surprised there's not already that. Me too. They yeah. could have it right next to the butterfly uh, exhibit. Right, oh. right. In case couple get out. <laughs> this story, uh, I'd like to feel sorry for this guy, but it's really hard, so mm. I don't. Philadelphia police say a carjacking suspect died. After he allegedly stole a car with three kids inside and was chased down by the parents on Thursday night. Good. It happened after 9 p.m. Investigators say the 54-year-old suspect stole the car with the three kids inside, was chased down by the children's mom and her 25-year-old boyfriend. The pair eventually caught up with the car and pulled the suspect from the driver's seat. At that point, uh, other gentlemen from the neighborhood jumped in. The suspect was beaten. He was taken to the hospital where he later uh, died. The mom and boyfriend are cooperating with police being questioned. The district attorney office will decide if any charges will be filed. The other men who jumped into the fight were not located. Uh, the mother's boyfriend is the dad of two of those children. Well, don't steal a car with kids in it. Exactly. Well, how how slow was he driving if he was well, maybe, caught maybe by people hit a, on foot? Maybe he hit a red light he couldn't get through or oh, something. It could be. So he, uh, he chooses to follow that law, right. yeah, stopping at the red steal light. The car. <laughs> I told you my story. Your carjacking I, I, story? I did a column on a kid named Danny. I can't remember his last name. Uh, who was blind. Oh, uh, I remember this. And, yes. And a and, uh, guy stole the car with Danny in the car. And the guy didn't even know he was in there. And uh, Danny said, you can let me out anywhere. But the guy, the guy said, well, you're blind. I got, just don't worry about it. I know where I am. And then he got let out. And, wow, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, He's no longer with us, Danny. Oh, is he? No. Uh, thousands, you'll hate this story, Joe. Thousands of people in Sweden are having futuristic microchips implanted into their skin to carry out everyday activities and replace credit cards and cash. From Microchip City. More 
More than 4,000 people have already had the sci-fi chips about the size of a grain of rice inserted into their hands, nope. with pioneers mm-hmm. predicting millions will soon join them as they hope to take the whole thing global. No. Nope. They're like glorified smartwatches, according to the folks who install them. They help Swedes monitor their health, replace key cards, allows them to enter offices and buildings without having to have a key. Oh. They particularly caught on by enabling owners to pay in stores with a simple swipe of the hand. Why do people think that this amount of technology is good for them? The microchips were pioneered by former body piercer Joan Oosterland, who calls the technology a moonshot and who told Fortune magazine he's been hit up by hopeful investors on every continent so far. He said, tech will move into the body, I'm sure of that. Oosterland insists the technology is safe, but that he has not stopped alar- that has not stopped alarm bells from ringing, with some fearing a link to a doubling in cybercrime in the country over the last decade. Four kids aged 10 to 14 packed up their fishing rods, and mom and dad's SUV left a farewell note, then drove 600 miles down the Australian East Coast before they were stopped by police the next day. That's a summer adventure. It really is. In between, they had uh, two fuel thefts. They uh, stole some fuel for the car, and uh, they were chased by police. Mm -hmm. When the kids were stopped by police near Grafton in New South Wales State at 10.40 p.m. Sunday, they locked the doors and wouldn't get out. So they did this. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to say. A police officer used a baton to break a window of the 2004 Nissan Patrol, which had been reported stolen by the worried parents. Police were not sure which child or children drove or why they left Rockhampton in Queensland State on Saturday. The children were a 14-year-old boy, two 13-year-old boys, and a 10-year-old girl. Uh, It's a possibility, according to police, that the kids shared the driving for the 600 miles. The kids are suspected of failing to pay for fuel at outback gas stations in the Queensland town of Banana and the New South Wales town of Warialda. They were also chased by police in the New South Wales town of Glen Innes, where a 13-year-old had been suspected of driving. After a short pursuit there, the highway patrol uh, gave up because of road conditions. You know why they like that car? Why? It combines class-winning and leading um, you know, technology and stuff with uh, Wi-Fi powered by OnStar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say, I'm uh, going to, uh, after the show, I'm going to call uh, Lawrence Rudnick from the University oh, yeah. of Minnesota because uh-huh. uh, I, I am fascinated by the Fermi Paradox. Yeah. You read yep. the Fermi Paradox yes, story. Uh, in its shortest form, the Fermi Paradox is, uh, where the hell is everybody? There's yeah. a, there's uh, there's stars out there for every grain of sand on every beach in the world, and he, he surmises that there must be other Earths and civilizations, and if that's the case, uh, where is everybody? And uh, Larry, my buddy Larry from the U, mm-hmm. he's, he's terribly familiar with it. He said, that's been around a long time, but it's fun to discuss if you want to bring it up. Well... I do want to bring it up, oh, yeah. don't you? Mm-hmm. It's well, yes, you can't ask definitely. any questions unless you read the article. I have started; I've not finished it yet. Well, it I takes did, you a while, and I have questions because yeah. I'm not on the same path that you're on. What what path do you think I'm on? Well, no, I, I don't. I, look, I'm not on a conspiratorial. path. No, I know you're not, but I think it's a giant. We don't know that. Oh, I'm sure it is, and I'm sure that's what he's going to tell us. Sure, but it's a it's a popular because you and, paradox you out and there. Kenny almost treated it as if it, you guys were getting out there. I'll just put it that way. Well, much of what I read, may, that's why we got to have the guy on. We're not smart enough to figure this out. Right. Over, under, and how many Uranus questions, rookie, and I can ask? I don't want any, oh, okay. I, I want any of those. Okay. So I'll go call him right now, and uh, I hope to line that up for tomorrow. Word. 
And if not tomorrow, then it'll be Wednesday. But uh, what about Saturn? You want to miss? You won't. You don't want to miss this guy. We've had him on before to discuss the discovery of a new black hole, Got it. and he made it understandable to us. And perhaps he can make the Fermi paradox understandable to us also. That sounds good to me, brah. All right, in this heat, when you're sitting inside or maybe cooling off at night, don't forget there's a lot of podcasts. Yes, we've had 190 so far. There's all sorts of great podcasts and Garage Logic you can catch up to if you have not listened to each and every one. Go to garagelogic.com. If you're thinking about sponsoring this podcast, we have very loyal listeners and will go to, I don't know, no end to patronize your services. So get in touch with us at garagelogic.com, rookie at garagelogic.com, or gljoe at garagelogic.com. Check out our website for wonderful creations by Greg Holcomb and Author's Corner. What's Joe reading or what does he recommend? Author's Corner, the features button. Just drop down garagelogic.com. This was 190. Many more to come. Garage Logic podcast version.